So I am actually preaching today. Fun, right? Okay, no who's. I got one who. I'll take it. It's all good. I, I don't care about me. I'll be honest with you. I don't care about me. I hope that today, I know you guys know that Reggie can be funny. I'm Reggie. Why do I call myself in a third person? I know that I could be funny and have a good time. Um, but I hope that you, you don't hear a single thing I say tonight, today. But you hear what God has to say to you, amen? That's my biggest goal. So let me move this down. So you're like, Reggie, why are you pretending to be an old man today? Um, I decided to go with the men's group, and before we had our men's breakfast, if you didn't go, guys, it was good. I ate double portions for you, so you're good. Don't worry. You don't have to come. No. We missed a lot of you guys, and we, we're praying that for you all and that God will continue to give you the strength. Please follow our page because we are digging in deep. Chris and the brothers have been doing a great job. All right? So, um, but Kevin, smart Kevin, decided that we are going to do a 5K before our men's breakfast. Let's earn the cinnamon rolls. Mr. Kent, I dislike you right now. I'm not going to say hate. Um, but Mr. Kent and I, I had another brother, I'm not going to point him out, Eddie, said that we were going to run together. And I said, I'm going to do the walk run, you know, that walk run intervals. And so Mr. Kent and Kevin, we went out there and it was intense. Claremont, I hate your hills. God, I pray that these hills will fall before me, you know. So I'm a little bit broken today, and here's why. Because then my son and I decided with the nephews, we have a lot of nephews, um, cousins. Augie's the youngest of all of them. Um, and we decided to go to Monster Jam, a boys' date. So we went all the way to Tampa. We went to Monster Jam. We got home last night at 12 o'clock. It was awesome. It was cold. It was rainy. Um, it was not nice to sit in a Buck, Buck Stadium. I'm a Giants fan. But all in all, it was good. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit sore today. So I, bear, uh, I pray you bear with me, okay? So we're going to just... Um, I just need you to just pray for me, just for a few seconds, that God will calm my heart. After coming out of songs, if you're a musician, you know it's kind of hard to slow your heart rate back down. So if you'll just pray for me, that God will speak through me. Then if you'll pray for the brothers and sisters who could not be with us today, who are all around the world, church happening, I'm telling you, the gospel is advancing. Let's just pray for them. And can you pray for your heart and for your ears that you would receive? Because that's the hardest thing as a shepherd is to make sure the sheep is being fed. I can feed you burgers all day, and I love burgers, and I love pizza. But it's not going to get you to sustain you. We need Christ. Amen? All right. So if you have been um, tracking along with us, I love certainty. Kevin's one of my favorite graphic designers. If you want to hire him, he's going to tell you no. But certainty, certainty in the gospel, certainty in the good news. I can't sit. I'm sorry. Um, certainty in the gospel and the good news. Certainty in Jesus Christ and our Savior. We've been walking through the gospel of Luke. I'm going to hold on, though, so just don't judge. <laughs> team, media team, don't take pictures. Um, but listen, as we've been walking through the gospel of Luke, and we do that every year, at the beginning of the year, we talk about one of the gospels. Luke has been so edifying for my life. I've read it multiple times. I don't know it all. I don't know the Bible all. I want God to continue to pour into me. And so I hope that it's been the same for you. Hearing the life of Jesus Christ, the ministry, and what's been going on, like, it's been phenomenal. So as we continue, like, I want us to, to be ready. Can you say, are you ready? And I'm that pastor. I know Kevin says it, but I'm the pastor. I need to hear from you. All right, are you ready? All right. So today, my topic that I'm going to be honing in on in Luke is being spiritually blind. Spiritual blindness. Now, I heard, mm -hmm, I heard a couple of people recognize that word. If you don't, that's okay. I'm praying that by the end of this message that you will get a new understanding of what it is to be spiritually blind or spiritual blindness. I'm praying that it brings more clarity. If you know what spiritual blindness is, that it brings clarity to you. Okay? 
But let me tell you, it's not just for the unbeliever. It's also for the believer. I've been there. I, I can be there. I'm there right now. I'm like, God, I just, my lungs. <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, God, I want to hear more of you. Spiritually blind is just this idea of being connected to God. It doesn't mean that, oh, well, I don't, I read the word, Reggie, and I pray, but are you listening? All right, so here we go. So can I tell you that your view or your perspective of an image or a situation in your life may not be clear, maybe shattered, broken, because you may be spiritually blind. Hi, I'm Reggie, and I sometimes deal with spiritual blindness. I'll be the first to tell you. So as we're having fun, remember, we're going to be a church of fun, and we're going to learn, and we're going to grow. I worked with the tech team, my girl Tanya. I was like, Tanya, I want to do something fun and crazy, all right? So we came up with a couple images. And so Tanya, do you mind putting up the first image? I want you to help me guess what you think this image is. Good luck. Guys in the back, Miss Pam, you know this image. Yes, Josiah, not Roblox, not Minecraft, you're close. All right, tech team, can you zoom out? Zoom out real quick. Okay, okay. A house, a mansion, what are you guys thinking? Cheeseburger, you know, when it doesn't deteriorate. All right, Tanya, hit me with the next one. Would you have guessed by the first picture that that's what that picture was gonna be based on the pixel picture? Your view or your perspective of an image or a situation may not be clear because you're spiritually blind. Tanya, I don't remember the next one for some reason. My mind's slipping. So let's just do the next one. All right, we got, okay, okay. I like the colors. This looks like Minecraft for real, right? <laughs> Beloved students, Kim, Alex, where you guys at, right? This is probably gonna be a brown Reggie, the block guy, right? Brown Reggie. It's <laughs> probably what it is. Tanya, zoom out. Let's see, what have we got? Okay, okay, so maybe a shoulder, my shoulder. All right, hit the last one. Oh, oh, so we're gonna go to the dark files and pull out beloved. So if you didn't know this, but before we were beloved church, we were luchadors. We were wrestlers. No, I'm just kidding. Tanya, you can go to certainty. Let them stare at it. We'll, we'll share it later on our social media pages. Josh, you look great. Your pecs are like, but can I tell you, based on the first picture that I gave you, you would not have guessed, hey, that's that weird picture. That's from the beloved dark files. We don't go there. The X files. And so um, this is truth. The truth is sometimes your perspective, your view of situations that you're in, what you're walking through may be rocky and unclear because there's a disconnect. And the disconnect is called being spiritually blind. So I want to talk about being spiritually aware. So something that Kevin talked about a couple weeks ago really resonated with me, and every time I think about messages, I, it comes back to me. You know, God is a great father. He is the greatest father. And Kevin shared that sometimes as parents, we have three answers, three responses that we want to give to our kids. Glasses, you know what I'm talking about. When your mom, she's like, you know, I call her glasses. She's in our youth group. I'm gonna just talk to you like it's real. Can we talk? Can we have fun? Can we have school? I don't wanna have school, Reggie, on Sunday. Miss Joyce, we have three responses that we give to our kids. Right? And we, we think they line up with God's responses, but it's a little bit different. And dads, you have a fourth one. It's a special weapon one. The first response, I have a Nora and an Augie. So we went to Monster Jam. He's like, can I have popcorn? Can I have cotton candy? Can I have... No, just watch the monster trucks. Okay. The first response that we give our kids is yes. Do you remember Kevin talking about that? Yes. Of course. I want to give you the best things. My kids know that I love to spoil them. That's my goal in life. But I'm not trying to buy their love. It's just because I love them so much I want them to have the best, so yes. My second response is no. Cha, please, no. No way. Not today, sister. That's Nora, obviously. And the third response is not yet. And sometimes what we do when we are living in this perspective, this dark, gloomy area of our image being blurred, we think God's gonna respond that way sometimes. 
and he's the greatest father and he wants the best for you. But God's response are a little bit different. He has those three. But when he says yes, it's because he wants the best for you. He wants the best for the kingdom. When he says no, you know what he's telling you? My grace is sufficient for you. All right. But I think I know, no, no, no. My grace is sufficient for you. All right, and we think that it's just, he doesn't want to answer us. John Stott, Chris, um, Chris gave me this one. John Stott wrote this and he says, um, God will, um, will answer no if things we ask are either not good in themselves, not good for us or for others, directly, indirectly, immediately, or ultimately. Our mind is so here. And so we clump God into this earthly father figure, into this earthly parent, all right? My dad was not perfect. My dad was a pastor, by the way. My dad was not perfect. I love my dad. He's one of my best friends. Love him as a grandpa, but he was not perfect. How dare I put God into that category? So we're going to be picking up today. If you have your copy of scripture, we're going to be a church that tangibly touches our Bible. But if you have your app, I still love you. I just don't like you today. No, no. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 18. If you have your copy of scripture, Luke chapter 18, verse 35. But let me give you a quick backstory. I know I can be funny, but God, speak to them today. Speak to your sheep. Speak to me. So Luke chapter 18, verse 35. Let me give you a quick backstory. All right, a quick backstory is um, Jesus' um, ministry is blowing up. And what I mean by blowing up is, is growing. It's happening. People are hearing about him, good and bad. All right, his disciples, I mean, they're, they're doing things. They're seeing things they hadn't seen before. Guess what? He's hitting miracles after miracle. I'm talking about the dead girl. I'm talking about the lame man. I'm talking about walking on water. Boy, please, that's my God. I can get hyped for my God. You know what I'm saying? So his miracles, they're happening. In verse 31, and this is Reggie's version, so... Luke 18, verse 31, I'm going to give you Reggie's version. Can I do that? All right, so he's like, yo, boys. He's talking to the disciples. Usually he pulls the boys aside because you have to remember, they were young adults, teenagers that he, hey, you're going to be my disciples, the reckless crew, the bad news bears. Here we come. He tells them, hey, come aside. Boys, we are going to be heading to Jerusalem. Yes, finally, game time. But he says, wait. And he's done this. This is the third time Jesus actually does this. He says, we're going to be heading to Jerusalem because the son of man is going to be given up as ransom. He's going to be given up as the ultimate sacrifice for the sins of the world. Let me read you verse 33 real quick. Verse 33 says, he will be handed over. He will be mocked. He will be insulted. He will be spit on. He will be flogged. He will be killed. But he will rise again on the third day. What if I told you right here that the disciples were spiritually blind? Read verse 34. Verse 34, check it out with me. It says, they understood none of these things. They were spiritually blind, and here's why. The disciples, like Reggie, I heard one word. Yo, we're going to Jerusalem. They were thinking in themselves. They were thinking their own selfish desires. We're about to take over. We're about to run this spot. And they were like, what? Yeah, Jesus, you're going to be king. We're going to be your top officials, top dogs. We're going to kick Rome's butts. We're going to run them out of here, and guess what? Israel, back on top. Let's do this. They were so far detached. They were walking with the Messiah, and still, they were so far from his heart. God had bigger plans. Jesus had bigger plans. Jesus had a bigger response. So if you are my note-takers in here, because Jess is a note-taker, my wife, um, there's going to be three points that I want to hone in on as we talk about spiritual blindness, being spiritually blind. We need to realize that we need to be in the correct position, Right? the correct position or the right stance to hear from God, to know what he wants from us. When you're not in that position, the pictures are going to be blurry. Everything's going to be blurry. It's not going to make sense. So let's pick up. Luke chapter 18, you have your copy of scripture. Follow along. Verse 35. 
as he approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadway. So let's go ahead and introduce our star, not our hero, but our star. All right, there's a blind man. The three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all speak about this blind man. They all have the same guy, this blind man in Jericho, on the way to Jericho that Jesus meets. Mark, in Mark chapter 10, verse 46, actually does a great job. He gives us his name. Mark's very detailed. He gives us his name. His name is Bartimaeus. Everybody say that with me, Bartimaeus. All right, I heard you guys fumbling the words. Let's just call him Old Bart. What a Bart, right? Just like I just shared with you a common name, a nickname, a lot of people knew Bartimaeus. That's why the three gospel lined up. They spoke about him because he was a regular uh, blind beggar that was there, all right? Next, it talks about the, the road to Jericho. He is walking through the road to Jericho. From Galilee to Jerusalem, Jericho is one of the busiest streets to get through, the busiest roads to get to. It's a high volume area, high traffic. I'm talking CNN, Fox News, couldn't even cover this place. It was that crowded, okay? It is traffic, it is a busy area. I like to think of it as the city that never sleeps. You know, so Jesus was walking through Jericho to heading to Jerusalem where he was heading to the cross. Can I tell you that the blind beggar, old Bart, Bartimaeus, he's actually in a perfect spot. With all this high traffic, high volume, think about the people that were coming through, all walks of life coming through that area. He depended on the generosity of others. He depended on the generosity to live for his standard of living. Bread, food, clothes, it came from the generosity of these people. This blind man was in a perfect spot. What if I told you that he was in a perfect spot to encourage, in, encounter, I was like encourage, encounter our Jesus. Spoiler alert for everybody who doesn't know, the blind guy is gonna get healed. Just go ahead and wreck that for you, kind of like uh, Boba Fett. I'm not gonna do that. I won't ruin that for you. But so we pick up in 36. Hearing a crowd passing by, he inquired, what's happening? What is happening? Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, they told him. Wherever Jesus went to church, there was a big following. There was always a crowd. People who wanted to see the miracles, people who wanted to hear him speak, people who wanted healing, people just wanted to be part of the crowd, the it thing, the big news. Bartimaeus, the blind man, he heard the commotions. He heard the yelling, the screams. He heard the whispers. Can you believe this guy? He heard it all. He was in the perfect spot. This is the first point that I want to make for us. Yeah, we're ready. Here we go. The first position. We need to be in a position to listen. I don't know about you guys. Have you met Reggie? I talk a lot. And my wife is really, God has blessed her with the ability to tell me to be quiet and listen. And I have a lot of accountability partners in here, teammates, families. I said, Reggie, shh, listen. Your ADHD is running wild. Listen. So Blind Bartimaeus is telling us that here. But instead of giving up, because he could not see Jesus, right? Bartimaeus could not see Jesus. Instead of um, just like looking by the way he could, by seeing, he sought Jesus by the way he could, by hearing Jesus. So we need to be ready to listen. So that's the first point. Be in a position ready to listen. Verse 38. So he, Bartimaeus, old Bart, so he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me! Exclamation point. Did you guys see that in your Bibles? Okay, we continue. Then those in front told him to keep quiet. I'm going to be unnice right here. Not nice. Shut up. Sit in the back where you belong. Sit down. You don't, don't, he's not talking to you. He's not coming for you. He says, keep quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. This is the second point. 
Second point is we need to be in a position to pray. Yeah, Bartimaeus is crying out. He's praying here. We need to be in a position to pray. The Bible says it like this. Make your petitions known to God. Make your requests known to God. We should pray without ceasing. Our church is going to be a church that prays without ceasing. We have team leaders that are part of the prayer team. They're not little old ladies in the back corner. They're up front. They're all around. They're constantly, each and every one of your seats have been prayed over before you even got here. While I'm worshiping, I'm singing these songs as practice is happening, and they're walking around. They're praying. That's the B team. That's the prayer team. That's for you. Many times we look down on ourselves. We look down on the situations, and we hear what Bartimaeus heard. Shut up. Sometimes we're that person that tells you, hey, be quiet. You're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. And because of that, we miss what God is wanting to say to us, right? So I asked and said, let us go to the people that are spiritually there. Let us go to the ones in our church that are building us up, that are encouraging us, like, hey, I need a word of encouragement today. I'm broken, I'm hurting. I can't hear God today. Or, or let us go to the Bible, to the word of God. That should be our number one thing. God, what are you telling me? Pray, ask the spirit, spirit, move, because I, I can't do it on my own. I don't know, I can't hear you. Speak louder. Or tell me to be quiet so you can speak to my heart. Speak softer. So in verse 38, it continues. It says um, that he was yelling. But can I tell you that Jesus heard him. But we knew that Bartimaeus needed something more. He needed something greater. He needed a miracle. So what's prayer, Reggie? There's multiple ways to pray. The Bible talks about multiple ways to pray. Jesus gave us a way to pray. He's like, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be. Uh, let me start over. Jesus gave us a way to pray. Our Father that art in heaven. Okay, so you all know it. So there's multiple ways to pray. But in this moment, Bartimaeus, old Bart, he cried out. Can you imagine this for a minute? Shouting. A shouting that would give attention. Now, parents, grandparents, I don't know if you're like me. But you pray to God that your kids will act right when you take them to the store, Walmart, Target, Walgreens, CVS, anywhere, just act right. Because you don't want to be embarrassed. You're not looking for negative attention. In this moment, Bartimaeus didn't care what attention he was getting. He was like, hey, Jesus, son of David. They told him to shut up, be quiet. I know I keep saying that, I'm sorry. But I need to be rough with you guys because that's how it was with him. So the second one says, he cried out all the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this is very instinctive. This is a cry. This is an ungovernable, unrestrainable, uncontrollable emotion. I want you to think of a roar. I want you to think of Simba. When he finally gets to the throne, he gives that roar in the rain. You know what I'm talking about? The, oh, oh my voice cracked there. You heard it. But that's what it is. Because desperation will make you do anything. What will you do when you are desperate in need for something in your life? Church, I know we've prayed. I know it could be the basic prayer about food. Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. I know it's, uh, Lord, thank you for our family and friends. But have you ever prayed like a blind person? Have you ever prayed with desperation of a man who's blind, whose all hope is lost? Bartimaeus was not going to allow shame. He was not going to allow embarrassment. He was not going to allow negative words, his own words, his mind, his heart, put him down, shut him up because he was desperate. He needed something more. He needed something greater. Remember that song we just sang? Remember that song because it's coming through. 
have mercy on me. Let's teach you Greek real quick. Ready? The Greek word for mercy is eleos. Say that with me, eleos. Chris is going to be, Reggie, your accents are all wrong. Is that what's right, Chris? Okay, eleos. Eleos means mercy, compassion, forgiveness. This blind man knew he needed mercy. He knew he didn't deserve mercy, but he wanted mercy. Eleos. Jesus showed mercy to us, church, when he died on the cross. Jesus and the mercy seat. Can I just stop for a second and talk to you about the mercy seat? Jesus became the mercy seat. He became the propitiation, the, the, the atonement for our sin, the debt that we could not pay. Jesus took it all on the sin. His blood was the sacrifice over the seat. He became the seat. He did it all on the cross. He did it for you because of his mercy. I want you to also catch something else here. In verse 38 and 39, the title that the blind man uses, he says, son of David. Whoa, that's an old messianic term. That's an old Hebrew term. That's an Old Testament term representing the Messiah. When you hear the word Messiah, you have to put your mind back in the mind of the Israelites. That means savior, the one who is going to come and redeem our people. Redemption, Messiah. So you're like, but Bartimaeus is blind. He probably never left Jericho. He never saw one of Jesus' miracles before what we're gonna get ready to see. Spoiler alert, he saves him, he heals him. He never saw any of Jesus' miracles, but he heard them all. He heard the people walking up and down. Hey, did you hear about the guy walking on water? Yo, did you hear about one time they were fishing and they needed money? Jesus said, throw on the other side and he caught a fish and they had a coin in it. And then, what? Did you hear about the girl who was dead and the dad was crying and all the people were like, she's dead. Did you hear about his best friend, Lazarus? He was dead. He was stank, man. He was stank. Don't go in there. Jesus cried with them. He wept with them and he, there goes Lazarus walking right out. He heard all of that. He heard the synagogues. He heard the message from the Torah, the laws, the commandments. This blind man saw more than a lot of people. A lot of the people that were walking with Jesus, his own disciples that were, had selfish thoughts, selfish hope for their status. God, what you gonna do for me? He saw a lot more. I wanna tell you, when he called out son of David, this blind man had more insight than many people who have real sight. And this is what it is to be spiritually blind spiritually detached from God. I'm not saying God will never leave you, he will never forsake you, but your spiritual awareness of what God wants from you sometimes is staticky, it's broken. In verse 31, 34, it talks about that. Jesus tells the disciples the third time, hey, I'm heading to Jerusalem to be offered as a sacrifice for the world, and didn't hear him. This Messiah who would come to establish his kingdom, the kingdom of God here on earth, and the man who was begging it was a man begging to be speared, speared from wrath of God. I pray that God continues to open up our eyes and our ears to hear from him. I don't want you to be blind anymore. I'm not talking about physical blindness. Reggie is blind as a bat. I'll let you see my glasses later. I have astigmatism and my eyes are bad. I don't want you to be spiritually blind. Can I tell you that we can't be fully used by God if we walk around with no eyes? I'm talking for the world. Bartimaeus knew who he was speaking to, church. Do you know who you're speaking to? When you talk to your wife, do you know that that's the covenant you made before God, before the church, before man, that this will be your wife? Do you know who you're speaking to? When you speak to your boss, okay, Reggie, you're getting real here, relax. When you speak to your boss, if you're your own boss, then speak to yourself kindly, speak right. 
When you speak to your boss, you address him or her in a correct manner. Bartimaeus knew who he was speaking to and he knew whose attention he was trying to get. He didn't care about all these other jokers that were walking up and down. He didn't care about all their other miracles. In this moment, he was desperate. He needed something more. All right, we're on verse 40. Verse 40, Luke 18, 40. Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. Man, my God is so beautiful. Can I tell you, I know this doesn't seem like Reggie and it's like, oh, answer me. Yeah, is Jesus beautiful? We've been tracking through this, man. His miracles, when he saw the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, she paid all she had. He said, who is it? He stopped, he engaged with her, and he saw her. What about the woman from last week, Reggie, who was hunched over an evil spirit? God stopped, Jesus stopped, he saw her, he healed her, he freed her, he saw her. And how beautiful, right now, in this sermon, right here, in this message, with all the noise, with all the excitement, Jesus is coming to town. We're getting ready to Jerusalem, to Palm Sunday. Y'all better be ready. Easter's coming, the resurrection. He sees a man who cannot see. How beautiful it is that we serve a God that has ears to hear, eyes to see, that he sees the deepest parts of our hearts, and when we cannot see him, he still sees us. I love the way Mark does it. Mark says it in the book of Mark. He says, when Jesus calls to Bartimaeus, he takes off his jacket. Oh, I'm going to rip off my microphone right here. He takes off his jacket. It wasn't that slow. It wasn't that caught up in his shirt. Man, I was... Yes. Okay, hold on. Step. Listen, I'm telling you, the question of the day, of the day, the question for this Sunday is your senses. Do you know that I'm deaf? I don't have an eardrum and I have a hole in this one. My other senses, I am constantly trying to like touch, feel, smell, taste. <laughs> no taste. <laughs> um, Kevin. Kevin also can't hear. I don't know if you know that. You, we have pastors who are straight up deaf in here. <laughs> but we try our hardest to be spiritually aware, spiritually listening. All right? So this leads us to the next one. When God speaks, when you listen, Bartimaeus is talking to you right now. When Bartimaeus says, hey, listen, you got to listen because the noise that are affecting you will drown out what Jesus is saying. Listen. Then the next one is to pray. Ask. Jesus, mercy. Mercy, eleos. I want you to learn Greek, eleos. You need to be in a position to obey. That's the third and last one. You need to be in a position to pray. God, you called me to do this. Obey, move, action. We need to be men and women of action. Our words are nice. Sorry, I tell my kids, sorry don't mean squat to me. Forgiveness, I get it. Move forward, but for some reason as humans, we can't forget. Be men and women of action. Let's be a church of action. Obey. So let's continue. Verse 40. So Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. When he came closer, he asked him. So Jesus, our beautiful Savior and King, he says to him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Hmm? Jesus, what? You're, you're joking, right? Amanda, he joking, right? What? Jesus, anybody and their mamas and their mama's mamas could tell you that this dude is blind. This is old Bart. He's the blind beggar in Jericho. He's always there, day and night. He's blind, Jesus. So why would Jesus ask that question? All right, church, if you don't hear anything else, this is it. Because this has caused me to cry all week long. Jesus asked that question because Jesus wanted the blind man to articulate his need to say it out loud, above the noise, to bolster, to build his faith, to anticipate, to set up what Jesus was about to do. 
It was more than just a physical healing Jesus was working on. It's his his soul. It's his life spiritual. So Jesus continues, what do you want for me to do? This is his response for Bartimaeus. Lord, he said, I want to see. All right, in that order, what was his first request? What was Bartimaeus' first request? Come on, church. Mercy. Many times we get it twisted. God, fill my need, and then I'll serve you. God, make it happen, then I'll worship you. People in the back, Mr. Jim, you know what I'm talking about? God, do this for me, and then I'll do this for you. And he said, no, Bartimaeus is teaching you something. Listen, pray, obey, mercy. What if Jesus didn't heal him? Physically. Jesus wasn't going to let him walk away spiritually bound. Amen. Jesus wasn't going to let my boy walk away spiritually bound. Oh, church is alive. Jesus, you, it's all you. I want to see someone in this man's state. Put your man in this man's situation. Put yourself in this man's situation. He could have asked for bread. Yo, I'm hungry. I heard you the big dog. Can you give me some food? Or he could ask for money. Yo, hook me up. My savers, my investors out there, help me out with some Bitcoin, some NFTs out here. Hook me up. Some stocks, some IRA, some Roth. Like, do something, Jesus. He could ask for all of that. But again, church, this man, Bartimaeus, was desperate. He was desperate for a miracle that was way bigger than the need of today. He was looking for something for the future. Do you know who you're speaking to? He knew exactly who he was speaking to, and he knew exactly what question to ask. Bartimaeus was born for this moment because now we get to read it. This guy's been blind. It didn't give us any information how long he's been blind, but he was waiting for this moment. I heard it said like this, and I think my dad once said it like this too. This is a good one too. A specific request, a a specific request will bring a specific answer that will lead to a specific praise. Let that sit. A specific request will bring a specific answer that will lead to a specific praise. Can I tell you, don't look back, don't turn around. We have individuals in here. We have an individual, this one I'm speaking specifically about, that they have been teaching me more and more about praying intentionally, intentional prayer. I can sometimes be that thing where I'm like, hey, I just gotta get it over. Like, God, I pray for the church. I pray that you cause us to be your hand and feet. And God, I pray for my family and I pray for the food. And, but he's like, be intentional. And so this individual has been pouring into me. They're part of the prayer team. And they're, they're like, Reggie, be specific about your prayers because how do you know it's met? How will you ever have a praise report? And so I share with you in my last sermon a couple months ago that my wife and I, we do prayers for you guys, prayer requests, and we take them in. It's on our bedroom wall, and we don't take it down until we can get a praise report. I'm not specifically looking for an answer. I'm looking for a praise report. So this individual, can I tell you? Just don't look back there. They pray for you by name. So new people, when you walk in here, I'm so happy you joined us. I'm so happy you had the crazy pastor today. Because your name, when you put it down, when they gave you a sticker, your name is now in that person's book. And they pray for you by name. They pray that the will of God will be done in your life, that you can go out and be the hands and feet, share the gospel, the good news, and also pray that your needs will be met. They pray for your immediate family. I'm talking about your kids. They call them by name. That's intentional prayer. That's a person with spiritual awareness. They know who they're speaking to. And so I've been trying to get on that train and I want us to get there, church. Verse 42, Jesus is speaking to him. 
receive your sight. Jesus told him, your faith has saved you. Instantly he could see. He began to follow him, glorifying God. All the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Church, again, Jesus knew he was blind. He's God. Jesus knew he was blind. He knew what he wanted. But God still wants us to tell him our needs as a constant expression of our trust and our reliance on him. It's a constant need and trust and our reliance on him. And this is it, church. Sometimes we need this. To be spiritually aware means that we need Jesus. He connected the man's healing to the man's faith. Sometimes you need your faith to be activated. Who are you speaking to? Who is the one that you are calling out to? It ain't the president. It ain't your banks. It ain't your jobs. It is not Kevin. It is not me or any of the other brothers. Useless. It is God alone. Notice here that Jesus did not say that your faith has healed you. Catch that. I don't want to go off on a tangent about, oh, your faith. No, no. Your faith has saved you. Mercy than my need. Jesus was doing more than just opening this man's eyes. He was bringing salvation to him. Did you guys catch 43? 43 says that he gets up and he follows Jesus, glorifying him. Who is worthy of all the worship and all the praise? Jesus. So he started to sing his praises, glorifying him. The crowds were going crazy, but he was going crazier. We've seen it time and time again in the Bible. We've seen it in our own lives, in our family's lives, where Jesus shows up and says, hey, remember who is worthy of the worship and praise. It is God and God alone. He is the gift giver of all. So I want you to just, for a minute, close your Bibles. Close your apps. Think about the imagery for the minute. Think about being this blind man, whether from birth. I want you to just listen. Think about you never saw any of Jesus' miracles. Nothing. And then all of a sudden, he comes to town. You ask the right questions. Mercy, mercy, mercy. And when you open your eyes, you see your savior. I can't wait for that day when I see Jesus face to face. I may just kiss him all over his face. I don't know, I don't know. I may fall down and throw up, I don't know. <laughs> but it says that he followed him all the more. So picture this. You think he's gonna stay in Jericho? Church, if it was me, I would do the same thing. I, listen, I will follow you Jesus to the ends of the earth. I'm singing your praises, glorifying you. Church, he followed Jesus to Jerusalem. I believe that he followed him to Jerusalem. The Bible doesn't say, but I believe he followed him because when you have been spiritually bound and spiritually blind and you meet Savior face to face and you see his glory and his wonder, you're gonna follow him to the ends of the earth. So guess what? He goes to Jerusalem and he sees Palm Sunday and he sees the people taking off their jackets, laying it down in the palm fronds, singing, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. He sees Jesus arrested. He sees Jesus spit on and despised and crucified and murdered on a cross, our savior. I bet you he saw Jesus rising again on that third day because when Jesus reveals his heart to you, when he speaks to you and calls you from the darkness, you can't turn back. Things may be distorted. You may be spiritually blind for seasons in your life. Solomon says that there is joy and there is sorrow. There's a day for rain and a day for harvest. 
Jesus knew exactly what he's doing. Bartimaeus knew exactly what to ask. And we've been walking through the Gospel of Luke. We've been talking about this, that Jesus has been fulfilling the prophecies of old from Isaiah, these promises. And Luke 4, verse 18 and 19 says it great. It says, this is Jesus, it says to him that he was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. The lady with the issue of blood who had no money, who had given all she had for a healing and had nothing, God freed her to free the captive, release the captive, the woman who was bound, spiritually bound. He freed her. And now this week, recovery of sight. And again, that's Luke 4, verse 18, 19. Bring in recovery of sight. This blind man can now see. It also says that he's set free the oppressed and proclaimed the year of the Lord's favor. This is Jesus fulfilling what he said he would do. So here's our bottom line. It took us forever, the team, forever to find I had nothing. And this is it. Jesus didn't come to give us what we deserve, but to show us mercy. Jesus didn't come to to give us or to show us what we deserve. He came to show us his mercy. When you are in a correct position, please, please hear me. Learn from Bart. Learn from your friend. Learn from him being bound, being stuck. I know what it is like to be stuck. And maybe you're standing in that right now, in that muddy puddle or that sinking sand. You're like, God, I'm stuck. I can't hear you. Speak louder. And he's like, no, tell the noise to shut up. Speak audibly. Let's start activating your faith. When you are in a correct position, I made it simple, to listen, to pray, and to obey. When you are in those three things, when you're in a position to listen, you're still the noise. When you're in a position to pray, God, I need more of you. Eliminate all of me and all the noise. I need more of you. And he speaks to you. It is time to obey, to be men and women of action. Can we see Jesus for who he really is? Can we share with the world who Jesus really is? All right. So I know you guys noticed my hammock. Josh, I'm going to move your guitar a little bit. I'm a Caribbean boy, so I had to bring a hammock in. That was my sermon. I was like, yo, you know, I'm going to get a hammock. I should probably preach from it. Don't fall, Reggie. Don't fall. This is a hammock. Everybody knows it. It's awesome. It's relaxing. When you are spiritually aware, God is speaking to you in these quiet moments or in the loud moments, you hear him. And you're like, God, speak to my heart. Speak to me. And he's swaying you and the breeze is blowing. The sun is just right. And you can close your eyes and you can see his glory. And you can see, God, what is it going to be like in heaven one day, in eternity with you? And then Jesus says, my son, you have rested. My daughter, you have rested. You, you hear me. Go out and do my will. Go be disciples, bringing the good news, baptizing and sharing the gospel, freeing the captives, bringing forth the promises that I've claimed to you because you are now me. When you were once dead, now you're alive. And Jesus tells you to get up. <sighs> like I'm sore, I'm sorry. Jesus tells you to get up and he says, it's time to rage. I wanted to call this sermon rage because it really upsets me that sometimes I become spiritual blind. It upsets me that people in our church can be spiritually blind, that the world is blind. And so God was like, Reggie, you love relaxing. Your special place is on a beach and a hammock. But it's time to rage. If you can hear me, why not bring the rest of the church in that? So Andrew, I want you to come up. Andrew didn't know he was gonna do this. Andrew, don't fall. Let's get you in this hammock, Andrew. Don't fall. This is part of the message. I know we're going a little later. I'm sorry. Get comfy. You comfy? All right. And he's like, hey, let's show your arms so they can see you. Let them see you. He's not, he's not going to go night-night. 
And Jesus says, Jesus says, now go and love on him. You guys don't know this about Andrew. Maybe you do. He's got three kids. He's got a lovely wife, amazing. He's a hardworking dad. But can I tell you, he's one of my brothers, and he shares with me, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to dig so deep into the Bible that it just comes out of me naturally. This guy's a sports guy. I want his analogies to be God analogies. So my job, Josh, I'll move your guitar again. My job is to share with him. So I'm going to give him a comfy pillow. Get, get rested, brother. Thanks, man. I want you to rest. Take off your hat. Okay. I want to give him, I want him rested. <laughs> I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. Okay. you know, let's put it up for a second so you can oh, see. Okay. Hey, he fell asleep. The Bible says in this world, we can chase after water, we can chase after money, chase after food. The message, the, the, what we read this morning that Alicia read, it said that, why do you chase after things that won't satisfy? Our job, our purpose in life is to share the gospel, the good news for the glory of God. You want sweet tea or you want Gatorade? I was gonna get a Sprite or apple juice, what do you want? Tea, for sure. Tea, sweet tea. And then he drinks that and you rest him. Okay. I wanna have fun. And then he's rested. And I say, hey, listen, brother, God wants the best for you. I want you to be the greatest dad you could ever be because of Christ. I want you to be the best husband you can ever be because of Christ. I want you to be the best worker, the best boss, the best friend you can ever be because of Christ. I want you to share the gospel hard like Paul. I want you to go in day and night. And I'm gonna say, hey, it's time to rage. Let's go find somebody else. And I'm gonna get him up. Don't fall out, Andrew. And I'm going to say, hey, Cameron, jump in this hammock. You need rest. You guys don't know. Cameron. <laughs> and I'm going to say, have you met my brother Andrew? Cameron's got two kids. Cameron has a, one day, talk to Cameron about his business and what he does. Cameron, get in here. Cameron, I got Gatorade left for you, bro. That's perfect. That's perfect. It's not, it's not my favorite flavor. And now, now we got two people ministering to him and going out to the world. And Cameron's going to rest, and he's going to get the healing that he needs. Cameron wants to be the best husband he can be. Cameron wants to be the best father he can be. Cameron wants to be a, Cameron wants to be a preacher. Day in, and day, night, day in and day out, he is preaching to the team. He works with special needs people all day long. This man goes skiing with special needs people all day long. And he doesn't call them special needs. We call them enriched. That's what I call them in my school. Enriched students. Enriched people. Because God has called us for more. There's a purpose and a reason for each one of us. Kevin, I went long, and I'm sorry. All right. You good, Cameron? Good. Thank you guys so much. Let's just pray. Let's remember that bottom line. Like, we didn't get what we deserve. He showed us mercy. <laughs> he showed us mercy. So, God, we just come to you, and we're grateful for who you are. We love you, and we want to sing your praises over and over. It is difficult sometimes to to hear from you. It's difficult to rise above the noise. God, but we need you. So God, we ask you to be in our midst. Thank you for your word.